just, I don't know how to run it. Now it's on. So I missed, you know, whatever that was in my talk. But it's a nice recorder anyways, right? Looks like a cell phone. It's not. But I'm sure they'll soon make it so it's a cell phone and a recorder <laughs> and, and a movie camera and all that stuff that you can get on the iPhone. But this is a better recorder than the iPhone. Um, but what I'm really pointing at is how complex our reality is all the time. We're paying attention or not paying attention, which I didn't do. I didn't pay attention to the recorder, uh, to so much. And so it's one of the arts that we're all seeking. One of the things we're seeking is the simplicity of reality because our consciousness is filled with movies, TV, computer, cell phone, work, relationship, family, politics, this, that, more, 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 and more. And there's more, more, more all the time. I mean, there's just more. And it's not going to go away. But learning how to land in the present moment is one of the most freeing things you can learn how to do. One of the most liberating things you can learn how to do. And, and there is this paradox that I've talked about a lot that the Buddha discovered about his own awakening in the simplicity of the moment. And it's something that wise, wise ones say. They say, oh, you are what you seek. You are what you seek. And that's a beautiful line. You are what you seek. Because if you seek love, they're pointing at something about you. If you seek intelligence or creativity, they're pointing at something about you. If you're seeking freedom, they're pointing at something about what's sitting in your seat. If they're pointing at compassion, they're pointing at what's sitting in your seat. You are what you seek. Or as Munindraji, who was Joseph Goldstein's teacher for many years, he used to say, the whole Dharma is sitting in your seat. The whole Dharma, the whole teaching of the Buddha is sitting in your seat. And of course, it's not talking about, oh, that you have every concept that is in the, you know, 41,000 Buddhist books that are in the bookstore now, or really they're on Amazon. They're not on, the bookstores don't even exist anymore much. But, you know, they're out wherever you go to buy books. But what's being talked about is the reality that the Buddha taught is sitting in your seat and can be discovered right in your direct experience. And the breath is one of the doorways to start to become more intimate with what's actually sitting here. <clears throat> and of course, it's part of the paradox of moving from being human beings. Now, really, the paradox is moving from being human doings back to being human beings. Because we're so used to the doingness of our experience. We're so preoccupied with doing and thinking and figuring out and making and creating or working or running or whatever it is we're doing all the time. It's why, why it's so great to go on retreat, like at Spirit Rock, 
because there's nothing to do. It's really shocking for most people, at least at first. And then as people start to uh, orient to the not doing this, something relaxes, something opens up. Reality starts to show itself, and it's showing itself here, not somewhere else. It's, it's actually not in the beautiful Buddhist statues we have at Spirit Rock. It's the statues are pointing at you. The statues are an image of something in you you may or may not be familiar with yet. <clears throat> so, um, part of the paradox is that this moving from doing to being really is the movement to the world of spirit, to the world of truth, to the world of a reality that is not just the conventional or habitual or usual reality that we know it. It's not the reality of the evening news or all the ordinariness of our lives. It's the reality of the life that lives the ordinariness of our life. <clears throat> and so what happens with mindfulness of breathing is that we start to take a very ordinary, conventional part of life and start to discover the unconventionality of reality that's sitting here, even in the breath and in the being that is breathing. <clears throat> um, and when I say that, what I'm pointing at is the sacredness or the uh, spirit or the numinousness of the living reality of what's sitting here for each of us. And I could say a lot of different ways. I could say the amazingness or the mystery. Like, like what? Does anybody really know what they are? Do you have any idea really what you are? Like if you don't go to what somebody told you, then what's sitting here? If you feel into what's sitting here, what is, what is that? If you're not an idea based on what somebody told you, then what's your experience of what's sitting here? Anybody want to tell me? I'm, I'm open to learning. I, I still don't know. I'm definitely very curious about this human experience because, you know, I'm not a human anymore. No, I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's part of the reality is that we're not defined by the con concept, right? Like, oh yeah, of course, I'm Eugene, and I'm a human, and I'm a guy, and I'm a this, and I'm a teacher, and all that stuff. All that's true. It has its relative truth, but it doesn't have its ultimate truth. Mm -hmm. There's something more interesting than just those pieces. There's something more interesting about what, what's the life that lives as Eugene and man and teacher and husband and whatever it is, whatever the roles are that we're in. 
But what's the life that's living those roles? What is that? And what is it directly, not as concept? Then things, at least for me, get really interesting. Because I have no idea who Eugene is in that way. I have a good relative idea about who Eugene is. And I remember where he came from or where he was born and things like that. <clears throat> so what I'm pointing at is that the doingness, um, part of Buddhist practice is start to relax a little from the doingness and start to open to the beingness of reality that's sitting here. Or the Buddha, I could say it this way, the Buddha-ness of the reality that's sitting here. Or the Dharma-ness of reality that's sitting here. The liveness and mystery of what's sitting here. Which is really totally cool in my view. And, and, and magical and wonderful. Doesn't mean you're always having a good time. When I say it's wonderful, I'm not Pollyanna about it. I don't mean, oh yeah, and then you just have a great time and you're done. No, it's just mysterious that it's all happening and sometime, someday, it might stop happening, right? You all know that, don't you, right? Does anybody not know that, right? <clears throat> so that part of what's being pointed at is talked about, let's see if I find it. This is from Kabir. He says, are you looking for me? Are you looking for me? I'm in the seat next to you. My shoulder is against your shoulder. You will not find me, though. You won't find me in stupas or in Indian shrine rooms or in synagogues or in cathedrals, not in masses or kirtans or legs winding around your own neck, not in eating nothing but vegetables. When you really look for me, you will see me instantly. When you really look for me, you will see me instantly. You will find me in the tiniest house of time. Kabir says, student, tell me, what is God? She is the breath within the breath. That's a, that's a good Buddhist teaching. But I don't think Kabir was Buddhist. He's probably Sufi, but I'm not even sure. But, but he's pointing at something about reality, right? Student, tell me, what is God? She is the breath inside the breath. Becoming more intimate with this living reality of human beingness through the breath can take us all the way to what the Buddha discovered. Just this one very simple and, of course, difficult practice. Difficult, why is it difficult? Anybody know? We're not in the habit. We're not in the habit, that's true. 
We believe our stories. Yeah, that's also true. Anybody not believe their story? <laughs> I hope you don't believe too much of it, you know. But why is it not just, why is it difficult? I'll give you. Because there are five hindrances, that's also true. That's a nice Buddhist answer, <laughs> right? And, and it's true. Pardon? We don't notice it. That can be true, okay? Thank you. Ding. <laughs> it's so simple. It's so simple, it's difficult to be aware of the breathing. It's the simplest thing. Really, try it just for two weeks and do it 24-7 for two weeks. See what happens. Because believe me, if you do that, you can come up here and teach in two weeks when you come back. Because you will know so much about reality you did not know if you get really intimate with your breath. <clears throat> so the that at, at what the other thing Kabir is pointing at when he says it's the breath within the breath is the numinousness, the godliness, the sacredness, the divinity, whatever word you would like. The breath that's so simple, it's such a beautiful medium to discover the mystery of reality. <clears throat> and so part of uh, practice is to get familiar with the simplicity of our selves, of our phenomenological experience, right? Thoughts, right? Anybody ever notice that we believe our thoughts, right? Anybody, everybody get that? See what happens if you spend one sitting, just one sitting, take 40 minutes or 45 minutes and sit and watch your thoughts and don't believe any of them. And notice that you can't stop them. They're just happening on their own. And we think they're mine. Well, if they're yours, why can't you stop them? You can tell me that later, the answer to that. <clears throat> So part of the art of meditation is to become closer or more intimate with whatever we're aware of. Sound, sensation, thought, instead of the content of thought, believing the content, start to become more intimate with the process that's happening on its own and that you don't have to be bound to. You know, the beautiful thing they, that said, I can't remember who said it, but it was said by not me, was, oh, um, I, it might have been Einstein, who said, thought is a wonderful tool and a horrible master. It's a wonderful tool to know how to think. It's a, what a great, totally strange thing that we can think and think about things and create things based on our thought, learn about things, understand things by thinking about them. But we don't have to be bound to our thought. 
that there's more to reality than just what we think. <clears throat> and so the breath, start, and getting intimate with breath or thought or emotion, right? We all have emotion. It's in a human thing. We have hearts. And we usually believe that our emotions are true. And they have their relative truth. They're happening and we feel angry or sad or happy or, or whatever it might be. But they're also happening on their own. We can't, we can't make them happen. We can't generally stop them from happening either. But we can become aware of them and the awareness is not bound to what it's aware of. This is the Eugene Cash Buddhist teaching, right? Awareness is not bound to what it's aware of. And so we start to get more intimate with things, closer even, closer, closer, until they're being known, not from a distance, but directly, right in the direct experience. And then we see, oh, the direct experience is rising and passing all on its own. Reality, actually, is arising and passing all on its own. And it's an amazing ride we have to be alive with this impermanent and selfless and unsolid reality that we call me and what we experience. It's all just happening on its own. And you know, we have a little bit of input here and there, no doubt about that, I'm not denying that. But we don't know how to pay attention to it in this close, intimate way. And the breath is a wonderful domain to start to get more intimate with the basic or fundamental human experience. What was that? Wow, something just happening on its own, right? Anyhow, uh, let's see what else. So the awareness through direct experience of the breath points at spiritual mystery or knowledge. And now the word is gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, which is the knowledge of spiritual mystery. <clears throat> so everybody, right now, take a moment, feel your breath now, even though you're having whatever other experiences you're having. Don't stop those. Like if you're bored or you're not interested or you love the talk or you think this is great or you're wondering, oh, will you get in home in time to watch the end of the football game or whatever you're thinking about. But be aware of the breathing. Take a moment and feel the breath, even while your thoughts are happening or your feelings or your ears are happening because you're listening to me. See what it's like to be aware of the breath as other things are happening. Because if I give you the literal teaching on mindfulness of breathing, first it's an awareness of practice and then it's a training. Of, it's, it, there's practicing um, um, practicing mindfulness of breathing and then practicing mindfulness with breathing. And they're both parts of the mindfulness of breath teaching. Mindfulness of the breath and mindfulness with the breath. 
No, I mean, I, I could just leave you now with your breath for the next 25 minutes, but I won't. Um, I'm going to add one more piece, which is part of what I've been pointing at, which is the mindfulness of the breath and getting closer to it, meaning your consciousness starts to saturate the breathing and the body or starts to be immersed in that direct experience of the breathing in the body. And just even, even for one breath, and then, and, and, and of course that's all you can ever do is one breath, is the saturating of body and breath and awareness together, or immersing them together. And then seeing what happens as you move from someone who's aware of one's breath to someone who knows the breath directly, immediately, without any distance. And this is from Thich Nhat Hanh. He talks about the teachings of the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. He said, he said I want to say something about the expression observing the body in the body, or the breathing in the breathing, or the feelings in the feelings, or the mind in the mind, or the Dharma in the Dharma. He said the key to observation meditation, which is what he calls mindfulness, the key to observation meditation is that the subject of the object uh, of the observation and the object of the observation not be regarded as two separate things. The key to observation meditation is that the subject of the object of the observation and the object of the object of the observation not be regarded as, regarded as two separate things. A scientist might try to separate him or herself from the object he or she is observing and measuring, but students of meditation have to remove the boundary between subject and object. When we observe something, we are that thing. Consciousness saturates that experience and knows it. And then he goes on to say, non-duality is the key. So let's talk about this some more. I want to hear your thoughts about what I'm saying about mindfulness of breath, questions, comments, reactions, agreements, disagreements, health, whatever is going on. Oh, in the back, please, come up. Thank you. Hi, and please start with your name. Hello, everyone. I'm Anya. And Hi. I was just writing down some thoughts as you were talking sure. about the breath and how it brings us to mindfulness in the presence. And that makes us a little bit more alive, uh -huh. which led the Buddha to his enlightenment. <coughs> And it occurred to me that not only can you try to focus on your breath during your everyday life, but we could maybe flip this on its head and you could try to do the activities that would change your breathing and see what happens. And then I started brainstorming what kinds of things would change my breathing in the way uh -huh. that I think we're talking about, uh -huh. right? And things like, um, well, meditation, obviously, but aromatherapy makes people breathe in deeply, or incense. Well, we're not trying to get people to breathe in deeply. 
That one, I just want to be clear about that because we're, what we're trying to learn how to do is become sensitive to the breath as it is. And that may help along the way because it's a little more stimulus and we, we're more attracted to stimulation. And what's radical about the breath, it's nothing. Meaning it's so little at times that we get not interested or we lose our focus and learning how to stay very close to something that's so simple, so subtle at times, and even stops at times. I've definitely had it stop, and that's a very interesting experience in meditation when the breath sto stops for a while. So, but, so I appreciate what you're saying, because you're saying, oh, there are, there are areas of our experience where we become more aware of the breath. And that's good, that's all helpful. And then we want to also stay aware even when there's no stimulation, when the breath gets very small, which it can get very small or very tiny, or be, there'll be, there can be pauses between the breaths. But then I did have one experience when I was doing very serious breath practice where the breath just stopped for a while. And I mean stopped, it wasn't just a pause. And it, and it was, and, and only because the teacher who I was working with had warned me, I mean, he didn't warn me, he just said, and if the breath ever stops, don't worry about that. Just stay aware. And I knew, so I knew enough what to do. But it was like, it was like being between worlds was what the experience was like for me. Because I wasn't breathing, and I, and I, I didn't stop the breath. The whole thing just stopped. And that was very interesting. Okay. Okay, well, I have some other ideas and activities. <laughs> well, you could say a couple more activities because I think you want to. Well, it occurred to me that my breathing changes when I go out into nature, uh -huh. for example, because I'm smelling the flowers or the uh -huh. pine trees yeah. or whatever, um, that, you know, singing uh -huh. or chanting or yoga or sure. all these different ways make me pay more attention to my breathing. Yeah, yeah, great. And I, we could say more. We could add exercise of any kind, especially running, swimming will swimming. definitely do it. Yeah, yeah, will help you be more aware of your breath. And, and those are really good places to be aware. And I want to give you the Eugene uh, idea, which is, oh, be aware of the breath when you're doing nothing, when there's very little happening, when there's no, almost no breath which will happen if you really stay with it at some point in the meditative process. And that gets really interesting because the whole consciousness goes and, and there, anyhow. And really, you'll see what happens. Better for you to see than to listen to my idea about it even. So, thank you. Please. The instructions. Yeah, but for some reason I was very, especially tuned in tonight to my breathing. Uh -huh. And I was, I was thinking, wow, I'm dependent on this breath. Uh -huh. And you know, it's obvious, but I was just <laughs> very marveling about it. I was marveling, wow, this is, and, and, and then I started feeling, or having this image of what if the air had color, you know, and I was just 
it was really intense. Was, right. And I had that experience too, the, the breath stopping. Uh -huh. Not for long, but maybe a few seconds. Uh-huh, yeah, just the pausing. Second. It'll pause. Yeah. So it was really yeah. interesting. Great. So, so, and then what, and here I'm going to ask you one extra question. What happened to your consciousness with all of this? felt oh, very quiet. Right. Very quiet. So very intimate, very involved with it, and things happening on their own, you know, and even the ideas happening on their own, which is totally fine, and then the quietness that comes when we're present and aware of whatever's here, right? And it, of course, didn't last long, but I had it. Yeah. It was just really this, really very, very tuned, attuned sense of this air that's coming in right. out, and the slowness of it, and it just almost felt like it's a, like I'm thinking of a fish in water. Uh huh. But um, like, what if this were water? Yeah. Or some, yeah, except you're not a fish in water. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. It's like the, the direct, you know, I'll say it in a different language, the direct animal experience of being alive without all the whatever else we keep putting in our consciousness all the time, which is all happening. But this very simple and direct experience, which is also calming. And so, and I'm pointing at something here because I'm going to go into this in somewhere in the next uh, five years. No, no, in the next few weeks or months. Because the, the three parts of the contemplative part of the path is the right effort for meditating, and then mindfulness, awareness, and then samadhi, and the breath is a great bringer of samadhi, or what's absorption that can happen. Okay, great. Thank you. Please. Hi, my name is Stacy. My question, I don't know if it's, I'm forming the question, but Please. Um, I've been really interested in what happens that sometimes there's this like bare knowing of the breath mm -hmm. or of whatever is arising, mm -hmm. but there's no wisdom. It's, it's just like, I mean, maybe it's just neutral, mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. But other times something opens and it's this mystery or it's amazing and it's, mm -hmm. it's just all arising and passing and, you know, the whole Dharma, right? Yeah. So what, yeah, what's, missing in those other moments or is it just that sometimes wisdom is present and sometimes it's not? <laughs> well, it, it's a great question you have. And really, if I was really a great teacher, I wouldn't even say a word. But I'm not that good a teacher, so I'll say something. But, but really, what I'm, it's a great question because well, here's my question. What do you think wisdom is? And why do you think the nothing happening is not maybe also an expression of wisdom? Yeah, maybe it is some, some other kind of meditative experience that I'm going after. But it's, right. it is, it's like right, maybe right view, I guess. Uh, okay. Like the, 
the, the real getting of it all, like the sensory yeah. experience of getting that it's all arising and passing, yeah. sometimes that's absent. It's just like, oh, you have a breath and breathing Yeah, but you're, you're, again, you're describing two different experiences that you're aware of that you're having. And what if you just stay aware of the different experiences instead of believing them? and then seeing what you discover. In other words, I, you know, believe me, I love the mystery and I love all kinds of understanding that can happen in meditation, but I also love the simplicity of reality that I'm not so used to. And there's something, the other piece that I think may be helpful is, um, the Dharma is a living Dharma, and it's not one thing. So that begins to uh, uh, relax us about the different ways the Dharma expresses itself, moment by moment, and they're all happening right here. So that's one response. Sure, thank you. Please. <laughs> An experience that occurs to me again and again when I'm driving. So I'm in traffic, it's nighttime, it's a madhouse. There's a lot to react to. Things that come from the outside, things that come from the inside. I have the red, the red light stop. Mm -hmm. And quite often I remember, why don't you just breathe for a moment. Uh -huh. So I do two, three, four, five, uh -huh. three light comes. Uh -huh. And I drive off and I feel like I'm centered, I'm quiet, mm -hmm. and I'm no longer really part of it all, and yet of course I am part of uh -huh. it all. It's amazing to me how quickly uh -huh. I can change the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Great. May it continue. In other words, see what happens, or here, here, I'll just extend it. Play with being aware of the breathing, even when there's nothing difficult happening when you're driving. And then see what that does. Because you're already seeing quickly what happens when you're having a difficulty and this is a great, this is practical mindfulness is what you're describing. And that's made mindfulness so, such a big deal in our culture. And that's a great thing. And then let's keep playing with unpractical mindfulness. Okay? Like mindfulness when it's not needed. Let's see what happens then. Okay. So let's sit for a moment before we end. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.